Ijewai. Good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'll be sharing short weekly dance stories with you during the Irish winter months between Samhain and Imbolc to make those long winter nights a bit less long for you. You will find a new story every Sunday night at 9pm Irish time. I hope you're cosy and warm where you are. Now sit back, settle in and enjoy the story. Episode 10 Turlo and the Butterfly The story that I would like to tell you tonight is a bit intricate. You could say it started over 300 years ago. Or you could say it started last November, whichever you prefer. But I will start with last November anyway. I was very lucky that I did a little trip down to Munster again. It was my first trip back in Munster in nearly two years and it was just amazing for me to be back in the field sitting down, looking around, observing, taking field notes. I very much enjoyed it. And the event I attended that I travelled down especially for was the World Championship of Irish Dancing from the organisation Ancogel, one of the biggest organisations that there is. I had never attended one of their major events and thus was particularly excited to be in Killarney at the INEC and having a look at their event All in all, I thought it was a particularly well-organized and beautiful event in the way that I felt that the dancers were very much encouraged and treated with respect. Everyone was kind of seen as equal. The ambience was really relaxed and very nice, I felt. It was very much a great place to be, and especially after two years of really not being at a major competition event. Really, this was such a welcome thing to happen for me. But there are two things on that event that I would like to particularly talk to you about. One would be something that very much is close to my heart and that made me think about many different things. And the other one is just something that was so unusual and pretty to see and just something I would always remember. So I'll start with Turlow. Maybe by the name Turlow, you immediately think of Turlow O'Carolan, the famous harper from Ireland that was born in 1670. He was a blind harper and also a composer of tunes and a singer. And he would go around Ireland and usually stay in and usually stay in manor houses or be invited to stay in manor houses and in exchange he would compose tunes for the people that were hosting him. And hence he has many tunes that have names, particular names of different people. And I'm sure you must have come across music from him because it's just so incredibly beautiful and just very deep music that really touches your heart. I mentioned Fanny Power on the episode The Postman before. That beautiful waltz tune that they would usually play 
at the end of the Cayley so everybody could do a waltz to it and how I saw Bernard's waltz with it for the first time and thought that was just so matching. And over the course of the years, I got to know many more tunes from O'Carolan, but not really realizing they were actually from him. I just always kept hearing them at the sessions and was just amazed by the beauty of the tunes. And some of them sounded quite classical, quite baroque, so to say, or something. And just so peaceful, so pretty, so beautiful, so dreamlike maybe or fantasy like or dream world like you know like from a fairy tale or something or melodies that would evoke emotions of happiness or emotions of tenderness and these tunes they're very different than other regular traditional so to say session tunes that you would hear other jigs or other reels i feel anyway but what struck me then was that well, there were two musicians that had played Fanny Power before during the championship, but maybe it struck me less because I, I think I had heard that on another championship a couple of years back. But maybe because I knew that tune from the Cayley in Switzerland, maybe that's why I didn't really pay attention myself to it, you know, or just kind of like took it for granted, perhaps. But at this particular world championship, I heard two musicians play Captain O'Kane, which is a gorgeous, very, very unique O'Carolan tune. The two musicians playing it were Sean O'Brien and Liam O'Sullivan. And they started playing it and it was just so surreal to hear that being played in a style that fits the competition, that fits the fashion style, in a modern style, so to say, in an adapted interpretation or new modern interpretation. And the clash of the two worlds, you know, the clash of knowing that tune is probably around 300 years old, you know. And there we are now in 2021. And there are two ladies dancing to that tune in modern dresses full of rhinestones with colours and with wigs and makeup doing very intricate steps kicking their legs high up in the air and as I was watching I was just really wondering do these dancers realize the importance or the meaning of this tune they're dancing to do they realize this was composed so many years ago I mean other tunes obviously could be about the same age or something but it just particularly struck me because I knew this was an O'Carolan tune and I am very much taken by him and I was just wondering all of these things you know are they aware of the rich tradition in the music that they're dancing to are they aware that this is an O'Carolan tune are they aware of the whole history that is behind this tune do they even enjoy dancing to the tune I mean like do they listen to the melody and do they enjoy that you know when they hear a particular tune that they really especially like like or would it be oh I don't really like this tune but I'm gonna you know I have to dance my best anyway or do they just listen to the beat you know all of these things were going through my head as I was watching them and I just wish you know like I wish that I could ever dance a modern heavy jig to an O'Carolan tune that would be like a highlight I never considered you know that possible but it was just so amazing you know to to watch and to see kind of something old clashing together with something contemporary something from the now 
And it was very moving for me anyway to see how O'Carolan's pieces or Carolyn's music is still being lived, is still being danced to, is still being around, is still alive. And it's alive because people interpret the tunes in different ways, you know, and they they play them however they feel they can express the tune best. And depending on how that is, it evokes different feelings, I'd say, you know, different feelings in different people. Maybe it evokes a different way of dancing as well. I certainly know in my favorite musician, Seamus O'Sullivan, is playing for me that I just, I don't know what happens, but I just dance better. Because, you know, you love the music, you love the tunes, you love the interpretation of the tunes or new compositions as well. There's one particular tune that he composed together with Jerry Conlon, I think. Screw the knot, and that's like just my absolute favorite. And I was, I, I was lucky enough to hear it live, you know, but I was never lucky enough to. I had one of my hornpipes back then, so I wasn't allowed, so to say, to to dance the hornpipes anymore. So I missed out on that. But I've danced to him playing the Glasgow reel and other tunes that I very much like. And it's just, it makes you lift. It makes you dance differently. It makes you enjoy the dance better. And I feel it makes me anyway, it makes me perform better. If I like the tune that's being played, you know, it's kind of like an additional kick to it. So I just wondered, you know, how is it for the dancers? Do they know where the tune come from anyway? Do they know if they're new compositions, if they're old compositions? Are they musicians themselves? You know, would they know the name of the tune? Would they look it up or would they just like say, oh yeah, it's just a real, oh yeah, it's just a dick. You know, would they be able to differentiate anyway? So I don't know, if you're if you're a dancer, if you're an Irish step dancer, we'd love to hear from you, you know, do what what is it for you in the tune? What does it evoke? Can you recognize tunes as in like name them or something? Can you recognize them from bands or can you recognize them from sessions? Do you go home and play the tunes that you heard at a fest that, that particularly moved you. What is your relationship with a tune, I wonder? Or with a composer, perhaps, even? Or with a musician, I really wonder. Those were some of the thoughts that were going through my head anyway while watching the championships and just something that I, I just particularly enjoyed listening to, you know. You're, you're there and you're just engrossed again in dance, in very good dancing and, and, and in great tunes, great musicians and great tunes. So I was particularly grateful for being able to do that, you know. And the butterfly, I'm not talking about the tune actually here, to be honest with you. There is a lovely slip jay called the butterfly. It's a bit overdone, I feel. And it's um, it's funny enough, it's not really played that much, I feel, during Feshana. And there are many, many more slipjig tunes that you would hear in competition that are not very popular out at sessions. If you go to sessions and listen to the slipjigs, there's usually they always, it always comes down to the same kind of slipjigs that they all kind of know. But other than that, nothing is happening, which is, which is kind of a shame because... The world of Irish step dance has lots of beautiful tunes, especially the, the ones doing the festival dancing up in Ulster. They have amazing tunes. They have amazing slip jigs. But I'm not talking about the butterfly tune now. I'm actually talking to you now about real butterflies. Because 
What was very much a surprise while watching the championships was that there was a butterfly flying around the stage while the dancers were dancing. And at some point there was a second and at another point even a third butterfly. So you would have the dancers going on stage and dancing and you would have the one to three butterflies flying around. And it was something so surreal, so strange to watch, you know. I'm not even sure many people noticed in the beginning. Towards the end of the week, you could hear some people giggle and mention the butterflies and kind of like some, you know, talking going around the audience every time the butterflies were there because it was so unusual. I mean, you would see the Irish step dancers doing their steps and at the same time, there would just be butterflies flying around and they were there the next day, they were there the next day. I don't know, I don't know how did they consider bringing them out or just left them there because too hard to trap them or too hard to catch them. But sometimes, you know, one of the butterflies would like land on the floor to rest. And sometimes the dancers would be dancing with their hard shoes very close to them that it would nearly stop my heart thinking, oh, please, please don't stamp on the poor butterfly, you know. Especially when the gents were dancing, you know, and doing the really intricate, really hard steps, stomping down the stage. And sometimes you would even hear like people, especially towards the end of the week, you'd hear people like really gasping for air, like really thinking, please don't crush the butterfly, please don't crush the butterfly. And as soon as the danger was gone, people would kind of start laughing in relief, you know, kind of like, oh, that was that was close. So it was like a constant battle, or not battle, it was just like a constant fear that hopefully the butterfly would be fine and would not be crushed. And they didn't get crushed, don't worry. The whole week through, they, they were there. And they were, I don't know, there's some people that say that butterflies may be a little sign sent by people who have passed on. So sure, who knows if, you know, why they were there. But maybe I'd like to give it a nicer meaning, maybe that... There would be a sign from other people, other dancers, perhaps from the past, other composers, you know, like Turlo or someone. But it was just something that was just unique to watch and to see. I've never seen that anywhere else happen with butterflies, like the, you know, like them dancing on stage or being trapped. The poor butterflies being trapped, you know, in the hole. So those were my two wee stories for you tonight about Turlo and the butterfly. And with that sense of wonder and surprise, I hope that you started this new year 2022 very well. And I wish that you will have a wonderful year ahead of you, full of wonder, full of surprises, full of magical moments, and especially full of dance. You have been listening to an episode of Ihewai, a storytelling podcast by Skielta Dosa. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's story. Feel free to pass it on to anyone you think might enjoy this or be happy about a bit of entertainment now during the winter months. If you wish to support my projects, you may send a wee donation to paypal.me slash I always appreciate every cent. The music you hear is Fairy Garden by Chris Collins and you can find it on IndieMusicBox.com I will see you again next Sunday. 
Have a lovely night and a good start into the next week tomorrow. Ich hoffe.